Hi guys and welcome back to another episode of the Ramsey and White Finance for Property Investors podcast and it gives me great pleasure to welcome my business partner Paul Davies onto the podcast with us today. Um, Paul is a portfolio commercial landlord, uh, he's a partner in Ramsey and White Finance for Property Investors, he's also a partner in Ramsey and White Estate Agents. This year alone in the last 10 months he's submitted in excess of £27 million for our property investor clients. Um, he's also head of bridging and commercial for Ramsey and White. And what Paul doesn't know about property finance probably isn't worth knowing. So um, me and Paul recently have done a buy, refurbish and refinance project. And we have a a development company in the background. So I thought it'd be a great opportunity to bring Paul on to the podcast and we can share that live deal with you and hopefully get some value from it, guys. So Paul, welcome to the show. Um, I know you're super busy at the moment. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your diary to join us. Um, Do you want to let the guys know who you are and what your role is at Ramsey White. Yeah, cheers, John. Hi, guys. Hope everybody's uh, well. Um, yeah, my role at Ramsey White is head of bridging and commercial finance. So I look after mainly all the bridging and commercial deals that come into the company. Um, as you said, we submitted quite a lot of business over the last year or two um, with several different lenders. I'm also looking after a client bank in Holland and Sweden at the moment, a lot of overseas investors who are doing some big development deals. So that's a great learning curve for myself as I um, improve my knowledge in the development funding sector as well, which is becoming more and more popular over in the UK, um, which we see in, as a company, which is great. Um, expats as well, I deal with a lot of expat clients as well. What we what we what I found is well, what we found as a company is there's a lot of where the uh, interest rates are brought in certain countries are negative now. A lot of the investors there are trying to put their money over here in the UK property market to get a better return on investment. Are you finding that kind of your, your Dutch investors and Swiss and various other yeah, kind of definitely. clients? Definitely, um, I've been working uh, nearly three years with uh, a few Dutch investors and built up a very close relationship with a few of them. And uh, we, we have regular Zoom calls once a month for the group of investors. And it's surprising of how little they can earn. I think, I think in Holland at the moment, they're on, like I said, negative interest rates. So, and, and they're quite affluent people as well, do you know what I mean? So they all want to make money and they've got money to, to get our return on investment. So they've been slowly coming across to the UK. So it is really interesting to see what other countries are doing. Um, and what other investors are doing in other countries as well. Yeah, yeah, it's been good. And obviously, we this podcast goes out to around, I think it, when I last looked, it was in like being listened to in about 28 different countries. So yeah. um, a lot of investors now investing in the UK from overseas, foreign nationals, for, for them listening in, what kind of things are needed to get UK funding, um, bank funding over here? What, what kind of questions you've been asked and what do you need to provide the lender to get that funding approved? Yeah, it's, it's a really good question, Joe. And um, it's something I've learned really, do you know what I mean, since probably the Dutch investors three years ago. Um, it's not easy. I could go on and on for about an hour on this podcast about what you need, what you, what you don't need, what you can do, what you can't do. But what I would say is to overseas investors, there's always opportunities. You just need to make sure the deals are structured correctly. So before committing to any sort of deals that you see through deal packages, deal sources, speak to a really good broker, 
and a good accountant and good solicitor and plan your strategy. Do you know what I mean? I think that's the most important um, thing to do because back two or three years ago, believe it or not, I've seen a few foreign investors who are already committed to deals, do you know what I mean? On bridging finance and a lot of cash invested and have been unable to finance those deals for several months, maybe up to a year later. So all of a sudden, where they've been sold the dream that, yeah, let's get invested in the UK. It's not the case, do you know what I mean? There's a lot of pitfalls. There's a lot of pitfalls. Um, but as you know, um, I've been working with several of them and they're all doing really well. I've got one really great story, really, which I'm more than happy to share with you. I won't mention the client's name, but I'm more than happy to share if you wanted me to give a bit of input into that. Yeah, why not? I think the audience will benefit from it. And we'll, we'll come on to the, the deal shortly. But yeah, share, share the story and, and let's, let's give it a go. Yeah, so, so we, I met these Dutch investors back three or four years ago. Um, started with a small little buy to let in the valleys, actually, where I live. Um, and they're just about to move on to a multi-million pound development. Um, they listened to the, the strategy. They listened to the broker. They listened to the accountant. They listened to the solicitor. You know I mean? So really, really, uh, really good. And I'm sure we'll get him on to do a podcast um, soon as well, because um, it's a great story of believing in the people around you, do you know what I mean? which you know I'm firmly uh, believing that as well. Yeah, no, I think the changing in the landscape of the lending market is is moved significantly, especially during COVID and, and for the foreign nationals and expats. And what we are seeing is that they want at least 12 months landlord experience, the company structure to be set up over here, the business bank account to be set up over here. So it's really important that you do speak to people like Paul and the accountants, solicitors around this kind of environment that kind of understand how to position you as best as possible so you can get that funding to to move forward with your portfolio and we also with the foreign or with the expats what we notice is a lot of them use property as a pension so they're using it as a vehicle to invest for their future and um, yeah. again again mm -hmm. there's more flexibility with the expats than the foreign nationals in terms of lending at the moment uh, but again uh, it just needs you need to go for a process and work through it methodically so you can secure the right funding um all right brilliant well paul yeah, just a quick one before we go on to the deal I, you know you obviously submitted quite a lot of business this year over, over 27 million where are you seeing the trends yeah. at the moment with the inquiries is it kind of semi-commercial commercial hmos what what are you seeing from your kind of point of view um over the last few months so probably since lockdown really the commercial inquiries have changed there's a lot of commercial inquiries as in power commercial your boots a chemist lights a chemist do you know what i mean um cost of coffees however obviously as you know funding is uh, pretty much dried up on the commercial part of it unless you want the higher rate deals so that, that's changed quite a lot the commercial i'm seeing a lot of people looking to invest in semi-commercial with a, a commercial unit and flats above i think that's becoming more and more popular at the moment a lot of people just on the semi-commercial, how's that being? How's that being valued? I think that's quite a key. This has come up in the office quite a bit, hasn't it? And yeah, so just want to yeah, talk through that. Yeah, they they're pretty much not taking in the commercial element. They're just going off the residential um, valuation. So uh, important to again, I I always state there no matter who I'm speaking to, whether a client of myself or Ramsey Michael or not, it's always important to speak to your broker before committing to deals because. You've got to make sure, like on semi-commercial, that rental element 
will outweigh the commercial element to get the 75% loan to value, do you know what I mean? If you're looking for that 75%. So it's good to analyze the deal with your broker as well, yeah. Becoming more and more difficult at the moment. So what Paul's saying there, guys, is where um, uh, on, a, on a commercial property or a semi-commercial buy set that normally the f full rental income received from the asset is used to work out a maximum loan. But at the moment, certain lenders are only using the residential element to give you a maximum loan. So because of the risk of that commercial section of the or part of the building not being able to be rented due to lockdown covid so um, it's really important if you're looking at semi-commercial can you get something uh, that's covid proof tenant types um, and then also the rental income of the residential does that cover the rental stress test to give you the loan you need to proceed so there's no reason why deals can't be done we're still doing a lot of them at the moment uh, but it's just about slowing it down looking at the detail and structuring it correctly um, all right cool so yeah. Let's talk. So I brought you on here today, Paul, to talk about we've we've got a company, haven't we? Pod Developments Limited, um, and in yeah, that company yeah. we're buying, buying, uh, renovating, and refinancing, and potentially flipping some investment properties. Obviously, I've invested in property before. You've invested in property before, but this is a joint venture that we're doing together, bringing our experience, knowledge, you know, resources, and and it seems to be going quite well. So we want to talk specifically about this deal, don't we? Woodland Street and how yeah. it was sourced, how much we paid for it, warts and all, the work cost, and how much it was revalued at in a rental income. So do you want to tell us first and foremost a bit about the property, where it's located, how we found it, and what it is, basically? Yeah, so, so I tell the guys about the story behind Pod Developments as well, first, the way it was, how it was named. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, guys, the, the, the company was set up by myself, uh, me and my missus, my two children, Paul, uh, Oshan, Delith, and Debbie. Um, but I think me and Joel to be in property together was always meant to be. So it's a bit of a standing joke now in the family and with Joel that it's now called Podge. Um, so Joel has added on to that. Yeah. So I think uh, I think the guys are like that uh, listening in, listening. So <laughs> it's, always, it's always good to know the backstory of the, of the company. Um, but but the people, yeah, a lot yeah, of people think that it's like Rams in white properties, but it's actually, it's, it was Paul set up a company for his family investments. And then we were looking to kind of uh, accelerate the growth in that business. And um, it made sense over several conversations and work freeze to, to be involved in that business together. And actually uh, what we realized is we could do more together. And Paul kindly allowed me to join that company structure. And um, now we're looking to push it forward and, and so far so good. And we've got a kind of a quite a good workflow between us. Um, Paul's really, really good at finding and negotiating deals and also um, working with the builders and um, pushing the solicitors. And I'm kind of, um, my skill set is working with investors and structuring and financing and bringing it together. So between us, we're kind of a good partnership and it works well. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about this deal then, Paul. Tell us about um, what type of, property is it and how it was found yeah definitely um so it's just literally 500 yards from where i live um as you know now because you've been to mount ash to look at the area and um just before lockdown so march i had an offer accepted on it it was a repossession for 56 grand um it looked fine builder come along with me at the time was a friend he said oh 10 grand refurb Happy days, I thought, oh, I'll get all my money back out on this one and, and move again. So lockdown hit, obviously, and I think the whole country panicked, as we know, do you know what I mean? Um, so I actually pulled out of the deal 
because the buy-to-let lending just hit, come down to 65% loan to value, as we all know, as mortgage brokers. And I was like, okay, well, how the hell am I going to get my money back out of the deal, our money back out of the deal? Um, I'm not sure if you were on a company at the time, and I think we were still in talking about it. So anyway, pulled out of the deal, and I said to the, the estate agents, why no? Um, I said, look, the maximum I'd offer on this one would be 50K, do you know what I mean? The money's there in the bank and be using bridging finance. We've already added set up. Uh, no worries, she said, I'll get back to you. So two or three weeks had passed into lockdown and and you'd anything, we hadn't, as, as you know. And then I had a phone call to say, yeah, your offer's been accepted to 50K. So yeah, that was the start of it. And I was like, okay, this could be a really good deal. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I was always a bit nervous about the exit strategy was important as well. So, so what? So, so obviously, the, luckily for us, you you lived in the street, so you knew the location very well. Yeah. Um, tell us a bit about the location, Paul. Then, in terms of what's going on there, how close is it to the city centre, etc.? Tell us a bit more on why, because we're seeing a lot more investment going into these areas in South Wales, and yeah. obviously grew, yeah. grew up there. Yeah, no, it's true. So it's. Within walking distance to the town centre, five minute walking distance to um, the train station, and there's several schools around there within walking distance, junior schools and secondary schools as well. Um, but there's a massive demand for tenants, tenancies in around Mountain Ash, Aberdeen area as well, do you know what I mean? So I always knew it was a nice little property. Um, but obviously it was all about getting the property first and then doing the refurb on it. So and the, nice and the, location. And so it turns out, and the property itself, Paul, it's it when we first found it, what was it? End of terrace, two bedroom. Yeah, <clears throat> end of terrace, really big back garden, and a two bedroom. Two bedrooms and a bathroom upstairs. Massive bathroom in the back of the house. And um one massive front bedroom with a small little bedroom at the back. So I could see straight away there was, uh, I just learned this as from experience now really, it's my fifth or sixth property. Um, and I could see straight away it could be split into a three bedroom and a bath and a bathroom as well upstairs as well. So so I knew I was gonna add, we knew we were gonna add some value to the property as soon as we uh, took, as soon as we obtained it as well, like, yeah. So, so so the the offer originally was fifty six thousand, and yeah. and it was a repossession. Um, yeah. The um, the COVID happened, so yeah. there you know things slowed down a little bit. So you had to go back in and and offer a new price, and that was at fifty thousand. So it got secured yeah. at fifty thousand, uh, which is great uh, in that area. And then the builder went round. And what was the plan with the builder? What was the what was the plan, you know, talk us through the work that needed to be done in that property. Yeah, in the, in the beginning, when he came with me the very first time and I put the offer in for 56, he said, new kitchen, um, bit of re reconfiguration upstairs, new bathroom suite, uh, painting, decorating, upgrade the electrics and uh, carpets right through and it could all be done for 10 grand. Uh, when he said when he started it, we th I thought, yeah, happy days. That works for me. It's a nice deal. I was looking at potentially an eighty to eighty-five grand revaluation. I always look at the worst-case scenario, Jeremy. Um, so the figure stacked for us then, as you know, on that deal. But obviously things changed then. 
once we got into the nitty gritty of it. Okay, so we fought ten thousand pounds winner winner chicken dinner. That is lovely. We'll we'll take that. I remember coming up to see the property and with the builder as well. Um, I remember we spoke about it on social media. People said that's a great that's a great price for for a refurb. So then when the work started, what what did we uncover? What what happened then? Yeah, can you remember that you come to the house for a coffee on our Saturday and he sent the builder sent us photos and he had ripped the kitchen out in in by the time you finish your coffee, I think. Yeah. Over 15 minutes. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, that, it was rapid. He was in and out. Yeah. So it was all systems go there. And we thought, yeah, here we go. Um but obviously little did we know that we would in, uncover some issues. Uh, within the building as well, um, we found some dry rot in um, the floor in the floor joist for the first floor mm-hmm. as well. Um, so they had to be ripped out, and all of a sudden the costs were going up to fourteen, fifteen grand. Do you remember? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, so so the price started going up a little bit because of the additional work that needed to be done. Yeah. Um, the dry rot, we didn't factor that in. So um, obviously, COVID happened as well. So it was kind of yeah. slow to get work done. Um, yeah, plaster, plaster was the issue then for six weeks. Well, apparently it was six weeks by the builder we had at the time, do you know what I mean? But um, we ended up rolling our sleeves up and getting a couple of bootloads of plaster from down where we work in Cardiff. Um, I think at the, yeah, at COVID, the point... COVID played its part. At the time, we were only allowed to pick up four bags of plaster each, weren't we? So we were doing Correct, like yeah. double double runs and trying to do. Yeah. How, many, how many bags of plaster do we need altogether? Um, twenty five in the end. It was yeah, 25. 20, yeah. twenty five. Twenty five bags. We could only pick up and four. That, not, it wasn't too bad for two mortgage brokers when a builder couldn't find any plaster. <laughs> 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 okay, so um, you know, determined as we are, we wanted to push forward. Um. I want to get into the numbers a bit more so because people can understand how we kind of financed it. But let's let's finish the yeah. refurb. So we we got the refurb done and it is it is stunning. You know, the tenant's super happy, it is really good. Yeah, definitely. What you know, it was fair play, the the spec is high. Um it easily could have been flipped. Um what what was the total spend in the end on the on the work costs? On the work cost, um, I just finalised it last week and it was £25,798. Okay. That's, so we, that's pretty pretty accurate. So, so that's, for what the amount of work that needed to be done, it was still reasonable because yeah. you, you project managed it, didn't you? So um, yeah. we saved yeah. costs there, but actually we come in over budget by six, just under 16000 But I think the first budget... <laughs> The, the 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 first budget was unreasonable, wasn't it? Really, considering, but I mean, he was yeah. looking at it at face value, and he probably should have done a bit more of a deeper dive. Um, we actually yeah. had to change builders uh, throughout the process because of COVID, and the builder had issues in the background with his business. So we got another builder that was more professional, um, yeah. had a better team around him, and just was more aligned with what we were trying to achieve. And um, subsequently, that builder's now got more work from us. So um, it was it was it the. It started well, the middle was a bit tough, um, but it finished pretty decent as well. And I'm really impressed with the finish there. Um, yeah. let's, so it was originally two bed, wasn't it? But what do we do? Yeah. What do we do to kind of add value then? Yeah, so the front room was a big double room. So we split that into two bedrooms. So we've got one double 
one double room in the front with a single room with the, the girl who's renting now, she's turned that into a little office. And then we've we put it on the back of the front. So um, I'm trying so, to sort so on, of so, so basically we the front of the house we split into two. We we split that yeah. into two bedrooms. Um, one of the bedrooms is a double, and the other one was a single, which she's turned into an office. And then at the back yeah. of the house we had a, a huge bathroom. Um, yeah, and it's turned into a lovely bedroom, is not it? So we've turned that into a nice bedroom, which is you can put a double bedroom in, and we move the bathroom into the the smaller bedroom, which is more which is more accommodating. Um, we've had a bit yeah. of uh, mixed reviews on the bathroom, haven't we? A bit of marmite on that. Some love it, some. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah definitely we didn't really take uh, our woman's touch on our one um i was uh, our choice um we like it the tenant hasn't complained yet so that's good but maybe we may, might do a post on the next one um to see if uh people can help us out on the on the design of the bathroom what do you reckon yeah d definitely and in, in t going back to that though where where was the material source most from i think that, that always comes up like where are you getting your materials you know howdens and yeah no, where, where, where did you point, get we, yeah so my a friend of mine old school friend runs the local howdens branch so we had the kitchen um skirting boards door frames doors all from there on account do you know what i mean so it gives us 30 days to pay that so it gives us a bit of ease with cash flow and um I've brought in, so we ended up bringing just different headsmen, so uh, paint, uh, decorate, they were separate as well. They, they, they were getting their own um, supplies as well for that, and we just invoiced them, which I found was quite easy. I mean, as long as I had the invoices, we were happy with that, what to pay. Um, so it's just all local, all local trades um, and local suppliers for the materials then as well. I think as a property investor, it doesn't hurt to go and build the relationships with the local trades, maybe set, try and set up some accounts there and uh, try yeah. and negotiate some discounts as well, because it always helps. Definitely. I think as we, as we grow the property uh, company, I think definitely we can start building more and more relationships then as well, like, which is good. Okay, cool. So um, the work was done. Then we, yeah. we instructed um, a lender to book a valuation. And yeah. so we bought it for 50. We spent 20, just under 26 on it. And then we instructed the valuation. And what did that come back in at, Paul? Yeah, um, to my relief, obviously, because I, I had spent, overspent by nearly 15 grand from the initial uh, quote. Um, I had a few sleep last night because I didn't know what was going on. Um, and it come, the valuation come back in at 110 grand, which was, uh, Quite amazing for us, really. Um, I always thought it could get close to 90, 95, but I didn't expect it to get to 110. I really didn't. But then again, the current market at the moment, as everybody knows, not it's not just in South Wales or around the UK. The market is crazy at the moment. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's a seller's market, as they say. Yeah, there's definitely what we're noticing is that um, because of the last lockdown, people are looking to move. They they want to be in a property that where they've got more space, maybe outdoor space. Obviously, the uh, the stamp duty changes um, that runs out. What I think March, doesn't it? So um, there's definitely yeah. a pent up demand and people trying to force kind of sales to go through. So we're noticing it in our investment area. Um, but we were kind of over a moon, over the moon with that 110 valuation i think um what i'd suggest to anyone doing looking to utilize the buy every finance strategy always do your kind of um 
research on the sold comparables in the area because we were looking at around 95 100 uh, coming at 110 so over the moon with that um yeah. so let's talk about then because i think when you're trying to do the buy refurb refinance strategy a lot of investors don't actually understand or trying to get their head around so i buy it with a bridge or mortgage and then i use my own funds or do i use bridging funds how how do i refinance is there charges so let's let's break it down keep it simple so we bought it with a bridge and yeah, we did talk, talk us about the figures so how much did the bridging lender um give us give us yeah, day one so on, on this deal, he lent us um, 35K, so just short of 75%, roughly, on the purchase. So 35K, and, it, and then we, we put the deferent in from our own pot? Yeah, so we, we put a deposit in for that one. Valuations, um, valuations and legal fees as well come to around about £2,000, and, and some stamp duty on that as well. Okay, and then we put the money in ourselves for the, the 25798. Sorry, John. So, yeah, we put the um, working for the fund, the money in for the fund, uh, sorry, the funds in for the work 25798. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then what did so with the bridging lending talk to us about how bridging works in terms of interest retained in service pool and then what happened on this deal yeah. so so on this one we um we serviced the loan we had a rate of 1.25 percent so every month then we were paying back um i think it was just short of 400 pound a month to get more money day one on the deal okay I think and as well, just on that one, with the rate, people might think that's slightly high. And I think for bridging that in this market is quite that is quite high. Uh, normal rates coming in at 0 0.7, 0 0.8. Um, but when yeah. you're looking at the loan size, it's very, very small loan size. Therefore, the lender still needs to make their margin. Um, so we were comfortable servicing that loan on a monthly basis, which ultimately allowed us to get more day one. Yeah, no, definitely. And it was about speed with this lender as well. And like you said, um, it was around COVID period where pretty much bridging lenders weren't lending on anything less than 75 to 100K, do you know what I mean? So we were struggling to find a bridging lender at the time who would support the deal. So I think that was, that was obviously taken on board by ourselves as well. But yeah, 1.25% a month, we serviced the loan. Okay. And, and how did you find the process with dealing with the bridging lender? in terms of getting uh, the application in, um, getting the funds released. My experience, it was pretty straightforward. How did, how did you find it, Paul? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, we've had years of experience with bridging lenders, Joel, and the most important for me, and I'll always say that, is solicitors, do you know what I mean? We worked with a solicitor who wanted to get a deal over, over the line. They understood um, how we worked. They understood how the, the bridging lender worked. They've worked on before, and I think, by the time we had the final offer um, accepted at 50K, I think it was about four weeks after that, and we completed. So really good speed. Speed is obviously of the essence, and it was a repossession that we needed to get completed. Um, yeah, really good. In fact, as you know, we just completed on another deal with the same bridging lender. Exactly. Okay, so so they were quick. They were quick turnaround. Um, we've yeah. gone to, um, we've got the work done. And we've gone to the lender, so the, the exit lender, buy to let. So why did, do you want to talk to us about the lender we selected for the refinance, who they are, 
and why we picked them. Yeah, as we all know, guys, about the six-month rule, we were refinancing this within six months. So we wanted, we were limited to lenders in the market who go off the full market value within six-month rule. Okay, so we end up going with Kent Reliance rate of just released the rate very recently within the last six or seven weeks, I think, of 3.04 percent um, with a two and a half percent arrangement fee but we know they're going to go off the full open market value. So while I was coming out to, I mean, the lender asked for schedule of works, um, invoices for the deals that we spent, the money we spent on them, um, money is leaving our bank account, our business bank account, to the building merchants, to the builders, to see they get evidence that we spent the £25,947. When the valuer came in as well, um, I was there to meet them and explain what we'd done. To, to be fair though, she already looked at the online photos before it was sold so she could see what we had done to the property and she was really impressed, which is good. So I think it just highlights everything that we tell clients really, Joe, do you know what I mean? That it's important to make sure there's no cash jobs, make sure it's all evidenced in bank statements, the work, the money, the invoices. I mean, at the end of the day, it's our business. We're professional in our business, and we're going to keep it that way. Do you know what I mean? I, and I tell, I tell all my clients to do exactly the same. Exactly. What what I we normally suggest is keeping a Dropbox sort of file on each project, and in that project, have a, a spreadsheet with your schedule of works on there. Um, so when the work happened, how much you paid for it. Um, how much you paid for per work. Keep your invoices. Um, you're going to need three months bank statements, proof of income. So that'd be your three months pay slips or your, if you're self-employed, your latest tax returns and tax year overviews. Um, yep. uh, proof of ID, proof of address. So lender's going to look at that. They're going to scrutinize it, go through all the details. Um, but look, working with a lender that will go off open market value is, is really good for us and our, and our business model. Um, so you need to check that that works for your, for your business plan. Um, and it was pretty, I found it pretty straightforward um, with this lender, Kent Reliance. We had to do some independent legal advice yesterday. Uh, well, when was it? A few days ago, didn't we? Two days um, ago, yeah. yeah. And for those who don't know, the independent legal advice just goes through the uh, personal guarantees that me and Paul were putting on because we bought the property for a limited company. So therefore, we had to need company lending and they wanted PGs on the, on the loan. So they just talk you through that, your responsibilities and what would happen if we weren't, didn't keep up with our mortgage payments. So just something to be aware of and additional costs to be aware of as well. So, okay, cool. So um, all into the deal pool, how much were we in for? 70, 78,000 were we? Yes. Just, just about seventy-eight grand, I think, give or take. About just, yeah. under, just under, wasn't it? And then yeah. we, we got it valued at one hundred and ten, and we decided that we didn't, we didn't want to refinance at seventy-five percent, do we? We wanted to come, we kind of keeping our portfolio below that. So we're looking at, uh, so we looked at a product at seventy percent loan to value, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's something we discussed. Do you know what I mean we don't want to be highly geared, especially at this current climate, which is really important because we don't know what's going to happen with the downturn. Is it going to be down valuations, et cetera? Um, so, yeah, 70% loan to value gets all our money back out. We could have potentially taken our extra 5%, which is actually given um, the no money in, no money down deal. But um, we, we're happy. We've pretty much recycled all our cash. So, to me, that's a really good deal. Exactly. So, we pretty much got all our money back out of the deal, tenanted <clears throat> out as well. So, it gives us a very, very good return on investment. 
If you look at the return on investment against the money in the bank, uh, how the banks are performing at the moment, then um, as an asset class, that kind of works for us and our investment. And it's another stream to our, to our business. Um, so obviously we've got the mortgage company, the estate agency and the property company as well. And there's a few other things in the background that we'll release in the, in the coming, coming, coming months. Um, just, but just, just quickly, Joel, on the return on investment, I'd like to share this because obviously um, we, had the, we, we agreed the tenancy um, before the property was completed. Now, as you know, the value had come back out and um, valued the property on the rental side of things as well. And we could have been earning an extra 50 or 60 pound a month. <clears throat> that was my mistake, lesson learned, and just like to share with all the listeners, don't jump the gun in your, so in, I was a bit desperate to, to get a tenant in place um, before the work's completed. I've learned a massive lesson in that, that, not to jump the gun, wait until you've got a finished product, start advertising it, and then make sure you get the right return. Yeah, I think that, I mean, the rent is still strong for, for that area, but um, because the yeah. spec was done to such a good standard, like you said, it could have been another 50, 60 pound. And, you know, in hindsight, we could have renegotiated and, you know, gone and got a different tenant. But at the end of the day, we've got a solid tenant there of a good profile. And as from what I've seen, made that house a home already. And uh, yeah. that's, that's that's worth it for me. But from, from an investment point of view, yeah, 100%, we can, you can, look at the finished product look at what's going on in the market and actually your product coming to market might actually outperform a lot of the other assets in that area and therefore you can charge a premium for that so yeah, um definitely. i'm sure we'll be able to make it back up in other areas of the portfolio and that's how business works uh, yes. but i think uh, hopefully the listeners will get some value from that that you know we we help clients secure short-term finance development finance but we also practice what we preach that we are using these facilities as well and um, this particular yeah. lender only operates in south wales so knows the area inside out they let you use yeah. uh, they'll use your solicitor so you'll only have to pay one set of solicitor fees um or one sorry one solicitor for both parties um so yeah. your fees will be reduced the speed is um was, is excellent and are still lending aggressively in this market as well. But the good thing about them, they also are portfolio landlords and commercial landlords in the background. So if you are investing in South Wales, they will actually go up and look at the property themselves and tell you if the deal stacks up. If it doesn't stack yeah. up, they'll say, look, this isn't a deal and you maybe have been misled here. So I think that's massive value as well from, from not just getting funding, but getting a second opinion from a lender that's credible and actually um, got investments in the background. Um, but yeah, as anyway, our core business is finance and we always, that's what we love and that's what we're passionate about. But, um, you know, yeah. property is a long-term game and we're building that for our kind of a, our families in the future. Um, Paul, Definitely. thank you so much for coming on. Is there anything you wanted to add to the, to, um, to the, uh, the podcast or if could you want to let them know if anyone wants to reach out, maybe about bridging and commercial lending, how can they contact you? Yeah. Yeah. So we've got a few more deals in the pipeline, all for pod development, which is really exciting. Um, stay tuned on, instagram and facebook follow the journey um, if anybody's interested in bridging finance or development finance reach out to myself or ramsey and white and one of us can explain that in a bit more depth for you and hopefully help you prepare your property journey as well but thanks for listening guys amy brilliant thanks again paul thanks again guys any questions give us a shout we're happy to help and i hope you've enjoyed today's episode thank you <laughs>